1: This is the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of Analysing Everton, uh, your tactics and analytics podcast, courtesy of the Royal Blue channel. Uh, <laughs> my name's David, and of course, as always, I'm joined by Josh. Josh, for the people listening and watching, oh, <laughs> hi. As always, mate, I'm good I wouldn't mind doing something a little bit different to that next week Because it's getting a bit tedious Just I asking know, how you are I was. need to come in, climb in my eyes out <laughs> really, I need to come in on my knees Maybe if the lose a game, it might <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I won't, uh, won't be holding my any breath Anyway, um, yeah, so on today's show anyway, we'll crack on uh, We'll look back on Brighton Which was a, a good win um, Maybe not an emphatic win on the scoreline But certainly I thought it was a a good win for the Blues. Um, we'll have a little look at January transfer business. There's a few links out there. I'm not sure how legitimate they are, but we'll we'll assess a few of them and we'll me and Josh will just have a chat as well and see, you know, what areas do Everton actually need to strengthen in, um, if at all. But I think we know the answer to that. <laughs> um, and then we'll look ahead to West Ham, which will be an intriguing fixture. Um, we've got. David Moyes at the helm <laughs> there. David's saying up the sweet prince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ginger prince, yeah. <laughs> no, we uh you could have been Everton manager at one point, couldn't we? Talked about it on this show. Yeah, I expected it myself, like Yeah. That. So, um it'll be good to have a little chat about that at the end. Um but we will start with Brighton. As I said, it was a it was a slender scoreline on paper. Uh and Brighton played fairly well. Um you know what they can't they well, have played how we expected I was just going to say what you'd probably
0: expect we said mm-hmm. that you know they're on uh, on the path really in a bit of a process working towards an end goal sort of thing but they're very much at the start of that path mm. um, and as a consequence they may be a little bit more toothless than they'd like at the, at the minute mm.
1: a little bit more vanilla than they'd like yeah but you know, with views eventually being better than that. Yeah, they've uh, they got long term goals, haven't they? And for now, it's just all about kind of laying those uh, laying those foundations. Um, as I said you could you could see that in part, but I thought despite the scoreline of only one 0 Everton were good value for the win. Um They outshot Brighton fifteen to eight. It was six to one in terms of shots on target. Um, XG according to Y Scout was just over two for Everton, uh, just over one for Brighton, and I'm pretty sure a lot of those chances yeah come come pretty much late on. Um, Everton actually had better the ball as well slightly in terms of possession, but um, yeah on the whole I thought based on those numbers Josh Everton were arguably the the better side yeah I mean the the certain st- obviously
0: certain stats that are that don't really matter t- to be honest but a few a few stats that you can pick up on if you focus on the right ones will suggest that you know you've been maybe the more dominant team the more proactive team, and mm. if you've done that in a way that's productive, then you know usually more often than not you should pick up a a positive result providing you know the referee doesn't impact things or players don't make mistakes and players take the chances and opposing teams players don't take theirs really at a at a ridiculous rate. But the numbers that Everton Everton posted, you know, dominating the ball, specifically the shots on target is a big one. Mm, um, yeah. you know, only facing one shot on target. Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna lose many games at all if if, that, if that's the case week to week.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um Calvert Lewin missed a big chance, um which probably would have given it a more commanding two nil victory, but just looking at the, uh, the the expected goals timeline here, mm. did did one of the teams have a really clear cut chance inside two minutes? <sighs> There'll be sh- people shouting now, but I can't remember that chance. Let's have a look. I think
0: the um, the colour scheme on on the the expected goals timeline that I'm looking at here is a bit mixed up, so I'm not sure which team it was, but I can't remember a chance mm. that was particularly clear cut. I mean, move on if if not, like... Yeah, we'll come back to it. Hey, it looks, it's,
1: it's a fairly big jump yeah. early in the match. Yeah. Um, I'll get it while you're filming. Yeah, right. if you don't mind, yeah. But it, it was one of those games where, as I said, I thought Everton did, did fairly well and most people would have went home happy. Um, but despite the relative dominance, um, it took a moment of brilliance, really, from Richarlison to win the game. Now, I, I've i kind of been waxing lyrical about Richarlison for a while, um i think he he has the potential to be an elite forward over the next 5 years um would you agree josh i would yeah i think he's
0: um the exact type of player that everton and angelotti can can maybe build a, build around moving forward considering his age and what he offers on the pitch and i think he's predominantly a a positive influence rather than being a negative mm. yeah. and th- th- those are the types of players that and Ancelotti really has to improve, you know, increase the value that of the player's worth and get players around
1: and That can help him bring out his own skills on the pitch. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll run through some numbers. Just I did write a piece on the Charleston this week, but in case you didn't see it on the ECHO website, um, a little, little bit of research about players in the same age group across Europe's top five leagues. Um We'll so, stop that, mate, because we've just got that chance up, and we we're just scratching our heads of trying to remember which one it was. So it was Walcott.
0: Oh, okay. Theo Walcott just approaching the fourth minute. It was basically a one on one with Matt Ryan, to be fair. Yeah. Entirely different game if that goes in. I mean, you could have could have perhaps run, ran away with it there, but
1: yeah, it's probably worth flagging that, isn't it? Because then you probably more, have the more dominant scoreline. I mean, the reason I keep referencing the scorelines because we've said before sometimes the scoreline dictates a narrative, doesn't it? And in reality, this is why it's important to kind of look at these underlying metrics just to get a gauge of actually how the game did play out. Yeah, I mean, the
0: the thing is with that with the whole one nil scoreline. I think we we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, when we were talking about Marco Silver there you know, the situation wasn't ideal but he ultimately didn't really have players that would do him a favour mm. in terms of expected goals. So a certain player who'd maybe overperform on the attacking side or a defensive player who'd overperform on the defensive side. Mm. And that's, that's I suppose that's a perfect example of it. You know, Walcott's clean through, it gets saved and as a result, despite Everton being a better side, only a one 0 win secured him. I always used it, the West Ham example earlier in the season. Dominated West Ham at Goodison Park, but it was 1-0 up until like the 90th minute. Yeah, And the fans, of of the fans were getting like. agitated and things like that.
1: Yeah. Does um, that come down to maybe... Uh, I'm not being harsh because I'm about, I'm, I'm about to wax lyrical about one of the players, but average players who maybe just don't take those chances when they do come. You know, don't, yeah, don't perform on an above-average level meaning that game stay in the balance for a lot longer than perhaps they should.
0: Yeah, basically, players that have... You need, you need players, ultimately, that have got output to them. I think I think Everton have got quite a few players that are, for lack of a better word, nice. Mm. I think of Bernard, to be honest. I know he was productive in this game. I know he's generally a tidy player. Mm. Very clean, technically. You know, those those, those obvious things, yeah. but he's not that way inclined, is he, to really decide a game or to score a goal or... Yeah, no. I, I get mean, it, he, sets, yeah. he does set up the chance. I'll give him that, but I don't know. Just a few players that are, I, I like. Bit, yeah, that are a bit rougher. But like for mm, yeah, like you just mentioned for Charleston there. He's a player who's a bit bit more rough on the eye, maybe, but he decides games more often.
1: Yeah, match winners. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. He can be a little bit sloppy for Charleston, but he he comes up with great moments. He's quite raw. I think raw is the same. Yeah, he's a dangerous player. Yeah, yeah. and we'll we'll segue back onto for Um so, I had a little look, and across the previous 12 months, there's been 42 forwards from a Europe's top five divisions, aged 23 and under, who've played 1,500 minutes. From that total, only five strikers can boast uh, m- more non-penalty league goals than Richarlison's total of 12. So, obviously, some might get their tally boosted through penalties, but Richarlison isn't a penalty taker. So, only five players... And those players, you're looking like the cream of the crop. So you're looking at your Mbappe, Timo Werner, you know the the real top end stuff. Um, I don't think you put the in that bracket yet, but you know if you break it down into non penalty goals per ninety, because with obviously played a lot of minutes over the past twelve months, he still ranks in the top fifteen of that of that group.
0: Yeah, Which well he's a he's an impressive player, He's a u- useful player to have certainly, and he's a player that's. Probably one of the highest ceilings, certainly at Everton. Mm. But I'm thinking maybe even in the Premier League. To be honest, yeah. I think he's uh, obviously a really physical player, very good in the air.
1: Well, like, funny enough, um, just on that, his five headed goals from that same group of players is the most over the past twelve months. No yeah. players, no player. Out of those forty two has scored more. Yeah, you can tell by his d- the way
0: he, the way he handles himself as well. He's he's clearly very driven. I don't. I don't yeah. you can tell he's a. He's almost not insistent. Really, making friends. He? No, yeah. he's very much like in, a, in a to a winner sort of thing, and it yeah. sounds a bit cliche, I suppose. No, I get but it, yeah,
1: he's a he's a match winner, isn't he? And he's, I agree. He's got tons of ambition. And Do you know
0: what I found? I found interesting about him. No,
1: the fact that
0: you know when he got at Everton, he was predominantly a left sided attacker, mm. ended up really on the right side towards the end of Silva's tenure. Mm. He's playing through the middle now, under like Ferguson and then under Ancelotti, and <laughs> I think he he hasn't really got that face, has he? He hasn't really got that
1: that role that he's nailed but despite that he's he, he keeps producing do you know what I mean yeah. so I think he's highly versatile isn't he and that's for, for an, a side like Everton who don't quite know the best team Yeah, to have a consistent match winner in the starting 11 who can play various positions because he, he normally gets dislodged positionally to bring in a, a lesser talent basically yeah a more limited player yeah a more limited player who can Maybe like a Bernard, for example, who can only do a job on the left. Yeah, exactly. So Richardson will get shipped out but and he still produces moments. I think that's why he's so good and his defensive work as well is phenomenal. You know, we talk about some of the best kind of defensive forwards, you know, like your Firminos and stuff in the Premier League. Richardson's he's up there, he's definitely up there. I think he of of those same players he's got the second most successful defensive actions per ninety minutes as well. Like he he busts a gut, and uh, you know we've we've spoken about how kind of Everton the Everton crowd react to certain players and certain actions. That's the kind of stuff that they love to see, and it does it does boost the excitement in the stadium and stuff.
0: Yeah, I think he's he's the type of player who I think he'd start for for most teams in the mm-hmm. division. Mo- the large majority of teams he'd start, yeah. um, and if if you were to ask the majority of clubs in the Premier League. You know, you can have one player from Everton, who would it be? The large majority, I think, would pick for GLS now, so... Yeah, definitely. He's that type of player that Everton needs to hold on to, needs to improve
1: and needs to, you know, basically build it out. I've got, an, um, I've got a feeling that someone will come in for him in the summer, you know. Have you? Yeah, I do How yeah. long's his deal now? I uh, know he's just signed a, a new one. Um, you know, someone might be able to let us know after the show when they listen back or watch it. I, I want to say it's 2024 or something. Uh, and w- when you say that as well, who? Who could... Um, I thought them for the start. I thought them was a good, a good point, but it wouldn't surprise me if someone, you know, maybe one of the big La Liga sides or maybe like a PSG. I know United were trying to link themselves, but I, I couldn't see that, could you? No, I mean saying that a, a team that are currently on the lookout for a striker
0: supposedly is Atletico Madrid. Mm. They've been linked with Cavani. If they can't get Cavani the way it is that they're going to look at Larazette. But because them are getting on though and Richarlison as you said, is a bit of a crafter, Yeah. He'd suit their style of play, but yeah, he was, you know, yeah. obviously, from an Everton perspective, though, you don't
1: want to let him go. No. Well, is, there, is, any, that?
0: is there any sum that would oh, I was just tempt you? To say,
1: I think, you look, every player's got a price, and I'm not selling them because I, you know, from an Everton fan point of view, I, I love him. I think he's fantastic, and he's a player you want to build your size around. Um, but saying that, have you got, a, you know, something ludicrous like 90 million? Or something. <laughs> I think that's. it And you know you can. You that can, is ludicrous. Like, yeah, but bought you. know it. The, the way the market is now, it's an. It's a. What about market? Man, G, he was bought for fifty, wasn't he? So that's I it. You couldn't. You couldn't say. It. I wouldn't accept I wouldn't like say- a Lukaku seventy-five or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But um, I'll be honest. I don't want him to go anywhere just yet. So we'll. Uh, we we'll hopefully won't have to deal with that for a few years. Um, another interesting point from the game on on the weekend was a was a clean sheet. Which is a little bit of a rarity for Everton these days. Um, I I think they got one against Burnley, but either side of that, they don't really. Well, you've got a stat there that says otherwise. (laughs) Well, I'm coming to it now. Yeah, I was I was leading myself up to that. What's he saying here? Yeah, I was going to say that in in recent times there hasn't been. Doesn't seem to be many clean sheets, but um, interestingly, over the past twelve months, um, Pickford and Everton have kept fifteen league clean sheets um, which is only better by manchester city and edison Um, so on paper you think impressive impressive for pickford but we've spoken on other shows haven't we that clean sheet isn't necessarily a good indication of a a good goalkeeper is it
0: no uh, it's more of a team metric isn't it um i mean if you think of how many i mean look at the brighton game for example Pickford's had to save one shot on mm. target. Every other shot that Brighton hit, you know, if Pickford wasn't even in the goal, it wouldn't have found the net. So, yeah. If you, at the bottom line is, if you look at what a goal actually is, a goal is a shot that finds the net. So, if you're preventing the opposing team from taking shots, mm. and or, or if when those shots come, they're difficult to convert because they're pressurized or from difficult angles mm. or from far out or whatever, then you're probably going to post decent inter- decent defensive numbers and. I think on the whole, Everton's defensive game for quite a while has been has been fairly solid. It's just uh, at the opposite end.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny you know, How many people will be listening to this now and think Everton solid defence, no chance? You no, know, I get it all the time in replies to uh, pieces I pulled out that people say, "Oh, the defence is rubbish." This and that. In reality, if you look at the evidence, you could argue the defence isn't isn't too bad at all. No, you've got the, the the clean sheet stat that we just mentioned there. But it, might, it may surprise a few people to know that Everton have conceded the fifth-fewest number of shots in the league this season. So they don't tend to give a lot of shots, do they? No. Now, at one stage, the um, the XG per shot was was high, which basically, XG um, per shot against, I should say, which basically means, in short, that the shots they were letting in were of a high quality and could often lead to a goal. But certainly under Ancelotti and Ferguson, it seems to be improving. They were, they were the worst in the league a few weeks ago, and now West Ham and Manchester City, surprisingly, have have kind of overtaken them. Um, so they're improving in that regard. Um, so as a whole defensive unit, Evans' defence actually isn't that bad, whereas Pickford, as I've said before, he has been underperforming a little bit over the last... Over the last year or so, um, he ranks in the bottom four of keepers for the uh, worst save percentage. Um, his XG against was 42.2, and he's conceded around 47 goals. So, it's you can't really give the credit to Big Pickford, sadly, can you? No, not really. Um, I'm not taking out Pickford, by the way. It's just more of trying to bang the drum for the, the, how the defence is probably a lot better than people realize. realised. Yeah, I mean, Ever- Everton have faced 87 shots on target so far this
0: season, which is the eighth best in the league. And it seems ahead of that, it seems that you'd, you'd label all of them as defensively good, really Wolves, Sheffield United, and then basically, you know, the top five, basically. Um, so I, th- I think Everton's defensive game on the whole is good, and I think people may. Take issue with that, but we we're saying that. See, say for example, if you remove the whole mistakes thing, if because players tend to make mistakes if they're not top quality, mm. and those mistakes can lead to shots. So if you if you remove um, the mistakes that that tends to materialise every now and then, and you've got to keep it in goal, who you know will get you out of trouble every now and then, you, then you're going to really stop conceding and mm. maybe having Suffer a little bit every now and then at the hands of Pickford, who's a bit, a bit of every now and then. Mm. But um, I do think Everton's defensive game is fine.
1: Yeah, and we also should point out that over that period, Everton have a, have had a pretty big issue with conceding from set pieces. You know, um, they put tweets out today that the Everton have gone back to a former zonal marking under Ancelotti but it's a lot different to the to the one they had on the silver. So fingers crossed that they should be fairly solid from that and that will dramatically decrease the number of goals you can see as well. Um, but on the whole, a good win. Um, and hopefully setting up for a bit of... I think actually I should point out how important the win was after the, the defeat against Liverpool. Yeah, well, that's 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 it. That's it. You've got to respond in the right manner, haven't you? Yeah, because it could have been pretty toxic to not win that game, um, especially so soon in Sancho's tenure. But he did, and I think it's good foundations now to build on a strong end to the season. Um, we'll we'll move on to January business because we're halfway through the month now. Um, Evan did bring in. I think it's Braithwaite, I think that's pronounci- how you pronounce it, from Carlisle through the week for 750 grand. But I'll be honest, I don't know that much about him. I don't know if he was on your own. No, I'm, like I'm, I'm the
0: same. I, I thought you might have into for a piece for Diego or something. Or? Yeah,
1: it's probably coming, but in reality, we're not going to see him for a while, certainly on in the first team, I suspect. So maybe it's something I'll look at me. And some downtime when we've got less pressing matters. Yeah. Usually
0: um, those sounds though you you tend to be a bit promising. Mm, do you know what I mean? Just yeah. because you don't you, you don't usually see those deals happen, do you? Pay, no. paying such money for, for 17 for a teenager. Yeah, there's gotta be some there's big, gotta be a reason, real potential he, yeah? there, yeah. isn't
1: there? So maybe we'll arrest that in the future. Um but yeah, that's the only bit of business they've done. And I suppose the question I have for you, Josh, and for me as well, of course, but you know, should Everton really be making any moves in what is a traditionally bad market to buy in in January? Well this is it. It's it is it is sticky. Um
0: and I don't think it's a case of should you or should you not make moves. I think it's just more a case of whether the right moves are there for you. And mm-hmm. if it, if it is then there's no real reason to go against it. But it's it's when you start maybe searching and you start becoming a bit a bit desperate. Mm. That's when you start making decisions that, down the line, you will you will regret. Basically, yeah. Um, I think January the problem with January, the moves tend to be financially crazy, <laughs> and the players that do tend to become available usually become available because of a problem beneath the surface. Mm. And if you've got players that are creating problems beneath the surface, could be a one off, mm. but. You know, you, we mentioned last week about culture and things like that, yeah. signing the right players with the right personalities. It's just generally the players that are available at mid-season, you want to get them out of your club and you've got to ask yourself why.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. there's are cl- clearly not performing, Hardy, And, of course, there's going to be one or two gems within the rough, I suppose, who are maybe just in the wrong tactical formation it, it, side and things, but they're rarities.
0: I think it's it's generally a short term fixed month, mm. isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, we obviously have the belief that that's what Everton needs to really get away from. Yeah. Uh, hence why it probably conflicts with doing business in January. But if you can identify the right player that is going to contribute to the health of the team long term and is going to build on what you've already got, and, you know, Angeloschi's interested in using, using him and he's going to help the team on the pitch, then. You know, there's no real reason to go against it but it's it's got to be the right deal. When when it starts getting desperate, that's when you I-
1: encounter the issues. Mm. I suppose in Everton's case then it's uh, it's how much Ancelotti, Brands and whoever else deems can be achieved this season. You know, the obviously yeah, <laughs> I think it's fair to say they're not gonna get relegated. Um but as it stands, Everton are currently eleventh. Um and they are six points off fifth um, and then another 11 off fourth so you're clearly not going to threaten the top four this the season but you know quick question yeah if I was to offer you
0: a Europa League spot mm. for next season would you take it I or would yeah or would you want a period of stability playing once a week every, every week with the new man yeah. So that he can in instill his principles and all that comfortably for a season yeah. before then making the step.
1: Listen, it's 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 a really good question. Um and I could fully understand why you would want that. But I still think although it can be a really demanding competition to participate in, you know, you only have to look at wolves, uh, how it, how difficult it was for them initially. I think as a club you need to start learning to play midweek and weekend if you want to be successful, you need to start playing in Europe regularly. Ever need to be a Europa League side consistently for two to three years to adjust to hopefully then making a step up to the Champions League. Um and I understand what you're saying with Ancelotti And I will give you the floor now, so you give your <laughs> opinion um about getting a free run at the uh at the side with no extra games but I think Everton have already wasted so much time, so much resources that they, they need to they need to start, I don't know, adjusting to this kind of... Is the term lifestyle, I guess? This balancing Europe and domestic football?
0: Yeah. No, I think I'm just thinking... You know, I'm looking at Leicester, for example, mm. and Rodgers, mm. and I think he's had a very... He clearly they've profited this season from the mm. whole playing once a week thing. Mm. And learning a new philosophy if you like and a new brand of football and I think the idea is to each season step by step progress mm. you know take the next step each season and I think if Everton was to dive into the Europa League next season I think in terms of gradual progression we are constantly on an upwards trajectory I think a Europa League step would almost be a jump rather than a, a steady step and if you take a jump you're more likely to fall yeah. <laughs> if you like no, I don't know. Yeah. do you see what I mean yeah totally yeah. As um, said, it's, uh, I, like, I just like the I like the thoughts of making gradual steps gradual improvements and without taking shortcuts but I think you
1: know. no yeah so in, in your opinion then I, I agree with what you're saying there's probably going to be a lot of people agreeing as well who are listening now I, do you think Everton a, a full season without Europe could then threaten the top four 'Cause I just worry that if you if you were then just looking to basically oh. achieve a top <laughs> six finish anyway.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. I suppose that depends on you know, ultimately the business in, mm. in the summer. Um but I don't think it's completely out the question, providing the health of the squad next season is, mm. is really, really good. Like even if you got to look at Leicester. Yeah. Leicester are clearly benefiting from it and yeah. I don't think Everton's budget is that different from Leicester's mm. Everton squad currently is, but as I said, that can change in the summer. Um, Ancelotti is not levels below Brendan Rodgers, no, so I, I tend to see the opposite. We don't, you know. Yeah, I, I don't think it's entirely, uh, you know, implausible that Everton can can really challenge next season. But
1: I think a Europa League run would probably prevent that. Yeah, fair. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Um, well back onto potentially this season it'll be interesting to see if they do kind of actively pursue a top six finish or if they just see it as a kind of laying the foundations for next season to have a real attack at the league um, but there still is a few positions I think they need to strengthen for many months people were saying they'll need to bring it forward given that Moise Keane hasn't really hit the ground running Um we just look thin up top, but I don't know if you'd agree. Richardson, Calvert Lewin, eight league goals each, sixteen combined. That's a fairly solid geo up top, isn't it? Yeah, to yeah, it definitely. I think you don't need to really strengthen it for now.
0: No, they're both they're definitely a handful of mm. Um I must say I disagree in the sense that you, sh- you just shouldn't Everton shouldn't sign a forward. I'd, I I would sign a forward, not necessarily a striker. Mm. But a
1: forward, I think I would. As in, and so and another will, source of goals. Yeah, which yeah. we'll probably come to instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. In terms of, okay, in terms of now striking, maybe I'd be looking to do that. That's a summer task for me. Not, really, not a January one. But before we come on, me and Josh said, we'll just kind of pick a player that each who we think would be a good, um, would maybe would be a good move for Everton in this window, if they could do it. Um I suppose, Josh, I'll I'll put the floor to you as to who and why and what position. Well, I think
0: Everton's squad certainly needs a bit of work done ahead Mm. of next season. And I think it's difficult to um, suggest certain players to bring in without knowing which players will depart. Mm. Because, say, for example, a Sigurdsson or a Schneider, I would be looking to move on. And if I could move the pair of them on, I would in replacements then mm. but if the pair of them can't be moved
1: which could be the case we don't know Yeah,
0: you'd have to then question as to whether it makes sense to buy you know what I mean yeah yeah no you, um, have to, you totally
1: agree with it yeah totally but
0: I've, I've said a few times on this podcast that I, I do think Everton need players at the top end of the pitch with quality players at the top end of the pitch with output um, attackers that can ultimately do the manager a favour by mm. scoring a difficult chance or creating something out of nothing and that sort of thing but I would like that player to be different to what Branson seems to have favoured in terms of signing, you know, we mentioned last week, didn't we? players at top clubs that maybe haven't really made it. Yeah. And they're making a step down. I would like him to sign a player that maybe from a slightly lower club or a level club from a different league who's clearly ready to make a step up. I agree. Um, so, providing he keeps this four four two, 2 I think Everton's healthiest four four two at the minute would be Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison up mm. front and then on the right side you would have for me a Wobie mm. on the left side
1: or you'd have a Wobie on the wing would you yeah I
0: think yeah In a four four two, 4 would yeah 4-2 yeah. a little bit different but on a four I'd have a Wobie on the right mm. I think Um, probably possibly a sense of midfield partnership of Andre Gomez and, and Gabama wants to both fit yeah um, or, you know, something along no, those yeah, lines. No, yeah, no, I'd probably agree. But I think the on left Davis, side, maybe. I think it will be worth including because because of what he offers in terms of ball progression mm. and finding the final third and finding the penalty box. But on the left, Bernardo's similar, but I don't think to, a, to as, as capable of a level. Mm. So I would look to get a player on the left side who's a threat, who's going to attack the box, who delivers, who's got output. And do you want me to say? Yeah, yeah, go yeah. for it. Yeah. Well, a, a player who, you know, along the lines of the type that I would like Everton to target is a player called Milos Um He's 23 years old, so obviously he's got room to improve. Currently at Werder Bremen in the Bundesliga. But the problem is, Werder Bremen are currently 17th. So he's obviously at one of the worst clubs in the division. Probably available because of that. Mm. And if not, certainly will be in the summer if they go down. Um, and despite their troubles in the league, he's made 15 appearances, and he's scored seven goals, three assists. Um, He's versatile, he can play across the front three, although his main position is the left. Um, Kosovan currently got two years left on his deal, I think, which, again, should influence the price for Everton. Mm. Um, Shoots around 3.3 times per 90, which... You know, that's, that's quite a lot. Yeah for, it is yeah, for yeah. for
1: an attacking player who, who who doesn't play straight down the middle. Um and if you compare that correctly, quickly, I haven't got the exact numbers but I know Bernard is about maybe one. Yeah. Shot paying. Certainly 19. not over, over one. Yeah. Uh, over
0: two, sorry. Yeah. Um but yeah, I looked at Bundesliga players and I looked at players that have played over one thousand five hundred minutes this season. And the only players to have taken more shots per ninety than Rasika are players that either play for Bayern Munich or players that are named Timo Werner <laughs> um, so you know obviously he's as I said the the, the best of the rest if you like in, yeah. in, in the division certainly a capable attacking player he's, he's short and stocky strong on the ball fast uh, aggressive so he's, he's just the type of player that I think Everton should be targeting players in that mould
1: yeah no idea I agree really good player and really, really worth highlighting um, yeah, I've gone for a midfield. I think th- there's two areas for me where I think Everton could do with immediately strengthening central defence is one, but I think it's really low on options. You know, we'll, we'll touch on a defender they've been linked with, um, who I'm not a fan of, um, and central midfield, mainly because of injuries. Um, but that being said, I still think they could do with some extra quality in there for that reason I've flagged Fiorentina's as Castrovelli um, 22 year old he's he looks really really good he's highly versatile can play virtually any ro- role across the midfield which I think is important um, because well we, we still don't know Everton's best team really do we um, that's why
0: it's tricky to to suggest these players yeah. because you, you don't ultimately know what Ancelotti
1: has in his head in terms of the vision for the team. Exactly, yeah. But I think this guy, obviously, he can come in and he can play different roles. He's got um, really good mobility. He's got great vision. Um, Fiorentina tends to play in like a 3-5-2. I haven't played the back three at times, so it's something he could adapt to. Um, I had a little look at Fiorentina's general play because I think if you were to purchase a player in January, they need to be able to adapt, don't they, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise um, there's no real point, is there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> get them in the summer, if not. Exactly. And um, if your team seems to build a lot down the w- um, in 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 the wing back areas, you know, down the flanks, so we'd be well drilled in playing balls into those areas, and um, you potentially you get it for your thirty mil, which okay, it's it's a it, it is a lot of money when you consider that, Everton in in a bit of a tight spot financially, um, due to FFP more than anything else rather than lack of funds, but I think he he could have an instant impact in the in the midfield. Um so I'd like that. I'd like that move. Um sadly I haven't seen any links. So <laughs> perhaps it's not gonna happen. But yeah, really good player, one to watch. There has been some links to players though. Um one of them probably the most notable so far this January has been um ironically, Evan's namesake, Evan Suarez or Suarez. To be precise, do you do you know much about him? Uh, I'm not an expert on him no. by any means, but no, I don't think I'd, anyone is. I know.
0: Um, I mean, I've seen him play. Yeah. Looked up his numbers and things like that, and did you have the scouting job? I suppose. Yeah. He's, um,
1: he, from what I can work out, he seems a profile very similar to Richarlson's or what Richarlson was. You know, he's a left-sided player. Some people have said that he could play anywhere. Well, from what I've seen, he's only ever really played on the left. Um, I think he is a right footer, as you'd expect, you know, cutting in onto the, yeah, onto his right. Um, I actually got a little bit of a different vibe with him. Oh, go on, tell me what you got. The player that came to mind for me when I was watching him play was uh, Wilfred Zaha. Oh, okay, I was thinking of, in terms of Everton comparisons, but go on. To, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Go on, tell me though. No, the, re- the reason Zaha came to mind is because there's... You know, there's mixed views on
0: Zaha, I think, isn't he? Mm. There's, there's the person that think he's the top player and there's yeah. the person that thinks he doesn't really have the end product if you like I think I'm probably sl- slightly more inclined to go with the latter. Yeah. Um and i am just just watching Everton pl- Everton Suarez play after how am I gonna, gonna do this?
1: I I don't know, me too Everton Suarez, i will yeah, got same by his full name. Yeah.
0: So just watching him play, he seemed to take I don't know, he seems to slow the play down a little bit. Mm. He seems to take plenty of touches when it's not particularly needed. And mm. I don't know, certain little things like that. 42 appearances last season and he scored 15 goals mm. and 7 assists. That is fine. It's just a case of, I don't know, he just dawdles a little bit on the ball mm. and maybe a bit individualistic in that regard. Yeah, whereby you would benefit from a player who basically doesn't do that. You know what I mean? Like I, th- I think Zaha tends t- tends to hog hog the ball if you like, and, and dominate Crystal Palace's attack. And although he has a positive influence
1: on it because of his quality, mm. it can have downsides too. Yeah, I yeah, I can only really add on all that. You know, he's as you said, he, d- he does take a lot of touches he's a he's a. Proficient dribbler And he is a good dribbler as well Decent success rate in the same I've got he dribbles about um, 9.2 times per 90 And has a success rate of Just under 44% That's quite similar to the Kind of success rate you see from Bernard um, Who we consider as a good dribbler So Albeit Bernard has a much reduced Amount of dribbles per game So he dribbles quite well But I guess the best way you could sum up Maybe where as I said he's similar to Charlson, certainly in attack not defensively and he's a little bit more of a free spirit isn't he and he's kind of someone that it'd be more luxurious I suspect than kind of you know hard work yeah
0: and another thing as well with him I mean, this, th- I'm not entirely certain on this but I'm assuming he doesn't speak the language just yet is that true no I don't think so no and obviously he's played in Brazil his whole career as far as I'm aware so that would be quite a Quite a shift for him to come straight to England, especially in January mid-season. So, mm. I'm just inclined to think that d- 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 there is better deals out there. There's safer, more risk-averse mm. deals out there, whereby a player could come in, and you'd be you'd be a bit more relaxed that he's going to be a hit. Yeah, from I mean. the
1: outset. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I think that's that's a fair point. To play devil's advocate, I suppose you could argue they got the Richarlison and Bernard's connection there so you've got some yeah, that's fellow it. countrymen but it's still difficult when you're trying to give instructions on playing tactics and stuff isn't it um, I mean if you want a man for, for languages I suppose Ancelotti is your yeah. <laughs> guy but yeah would would you like to see him come to the Premier League and come to Everton no is he one that rather than because you see a lot of these South American players get um, you know kind of touted with nerds to England and you, you can already see it, it's not going to work you know it's, the, the Premier League's too intense and I feel like you need to bed in In another league In Europe Before making that step To the Premier League In my opinion But is he someone That you think You know what I wouldn't mind Maybe seeing him here
0: Yeah no It's it's hard not to be intrigued mm-hmm. By him considering The type of player that he is Yeah And You know What you would deem His potential ceiling to be But It's just a case of You know Experiencing Everton's Mistakes mm. For the past couple of years And wanting Everton to do well And start making Progressive moves whereby constant imp- improvements is, is witnessed. He, he, I just feel like his transfer would be a bit, as I said, risky. There's, there would be a fair risk
1: associated with bringing them to England. So, an unknown quantity type thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: just. In, I think I'd want a bit more of a safer deal, considering the amount of um, the amount of players in the current squad at the minute that you that you want to get rid of because they, they ultimately
1: haven't worked. Yeah It's obviously not a nice problem to have Obviously you don't want to pay a lot of money either i um, talking about a lot of money Another player I haven't have recently been linked with Is Nathan Ache. Um He was hyped at one time wasn't he really And it looked like a great move for Bournemouth To get him from Chelsea uh, A few years ago But I've got me I've got questions over him to be honest I've got concerns about him uh, I think he's a really good ball playing defender I don't even think he's bad on the floor, but I remember writing a piece about him maybe four or six weeks ago and I think he had the second one it was the second worst aerial dual success rate of of like a, a sample size of maybe sixty Premier League centre backs. Terrible in the air, but thirty odd percent. Yeah, that's not great.
0: <laughs> no, no, especially it. if you want to play on the front because, you know, the get-out clause of most opposing teams when they're faced with that, that tactic is to hit long, so yeah. your centre-backs centre have got to deal with those aerial balls. Yeah, so Five uh, foot yeah. eleven years, but... I suppose that's small for a centre-back in the Premier League, but yeah. it's not small in the grand scheme. I was of about things, to say, so it's
1: still enough that you could impose, couldn't you? Maybe yeah, that he's yeah. got issues with his te- jumping technique or something, but um, the money that you'd be wanting, wanting for them as well, Chelsea have just reeled themselves out of it, and I think they should avoid. Yeah, I think he's...
0: It, again no, though if there's truth to the rumor it's the type of um, it's a type of link that just again is a, is a little bit disappointing because it's fairly inside the box yeah there, there, there doesn't seem to be any ingenuity regarding identifying him as a target if if he is a legitimate target, but you
1: you just like a bit more invention yeah in, I agree. The, uh, in the market you wanna go oh, who's this who's this player that's Oh, wow, yeah, or you want some not, of, uh, an underground, uh, underground name that maybe you've, you, you're you aware of through data and things and kind of yeah. see that link there?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it will be comes to mind. There's a little bit of a an outside-the-box shout, even though he was, I suppose, along the lines of a player from a from a big club who hasn't particularly made it, but he was the type that, like, you know, when you he did hear his name, it was like, OK, Alex O'Reilly, what do we think of that? And then, do you know what I mean? Mm. But w- Whereas... I don't know, Nathan. Ake, he's just a very expected player to be linked, and again, it's it's, it's okay, it's it's fine, but like, does it go beyond fine mm-hmm. as as a
1: deal? Interestingly, just th- on a Wolby, Um because you're you've got your I'd say you've got your force in the Everton Twitter scene, but I don't know you. <laughs> just amazed. about, yeah. The a Wolby seems to be becoming a little bit of a, a scapegoat or a, a considered a flop signing amongst some Everton fans. Well, you know why, don't you? Why? Because the the
0: team isn't isn't overly scoring a great deal of goals, mm. and okay, okay results have picked up recently under Ancelotti in the Premier League. I think he's won.
1: Yeah, they had four or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah. The only loss was City two one. But play, players like Iwobi, and you know, Firmino comes to mind to an extent. They tend to get the blame when the overall system isn't functional, mm. or when the attack has fallen a bit short or so the attacks a bit quiet. They those are the types of players that contribute to a lot before the, yeah, actual, agree, the yeah. actual goal. And, and because he's an attack and type player, he, he gets, you know, put in that
1: box, I, I suppose, agree. and
0: gets judged based on
1: strictly goals and assists. And and also as well, he he's brave on the ball and often that can result in misplaced passes or passes getting intercepted. Which then feeds a narrative of you know he's, he's rubbish, wasteful, can't play. But in reality, he's he's got the confidence to at least try more imposing, progressive passes, hasn't he? Yeah. If n- if no player in your team takes a risk on the ball,
0: you're never going to score. No, exactly. So yeah. y- you've got to allow certain players to take those risks and allow the right players to take those risks. But it will be, you know, based on what I'm aware of him, it's the type of player that I'd have no real issue allowing. So to, I mean, fair enough, He's out of form, really.
1: Yeah. Oh, listen, yeah, he has yeah, yeah, had a few off performances, but it doesn't become a write off, do the off the back of that. So once a watch. We'll uh, we'll move on to West Ham. Because um, time's getting away from us actually. Um but yeah, West Ham got David Moys in as manager. Um Yeah, it's an <laughs> It's an interesting appointment, isn't it? As I said, it was one that potentially haven't looked like they, they might have made. and uh, Truthfully, I think it was going to happen at one stage and then, thankfully, the uh, the Ancelotti stuff unfolded and and he was forced to settle for something else. Um, how would, do you look at this, ma- this appointment, Josh? Are you looking at a short-term solution or lack of ambition by West Ham?
0: No, I would look at it as a short-term solution. I'd be surprised if he's in charge beyond the summer. Mm, okay. so he, you think they're going to do the same again chop them <laughs> yeah and that's me issue that's, my, that's what I've got a problem with I, I can't believe that the, the owners of that club can be allowed to to fail so blatantly mm. in the public eye and end up at exactly the same position two years later and just oh
1: we tried something didn't work we're going to say this now do yeah. you know what I mean I, I think it's crazy I'd, yeah come on no, go on. I was going I was to say, you know, West Ham and Everton sometimes are like like two peas from a pod, really. But <laughs> yeah. what I will say is, Everton always seemed to do that bit better. Or, oh, sorry, in fact, West Ham always seems to be that bit worse. You know, if there's a circus going on at Goodison, you know, there's two happening down at West Ham. It's just, it always seems to be the case. And, yeah, I, if for me, it stunk of desperation on both parts because. Moys, I think, five years ago, would never have been treated like that. Like got <laughs> yeah, sacked yeah. and went back to it. Yeah. You know, he was always a man of principle. I thought, and for him to do that shows how much his stock has fallen. Um, but then also West Ham, desperate times to bring him back. Really, uh, I think.
0: I think. I do think they have ambition. You've only got to look at the squad that they're building mm. to see that they've got ambition. They've got a, they have got a squad there that's in terms the first eleven, it's not bad. Do you know what paper, I mean? They've yeah. got certain players in there that would would star for plenty of Premier League teams. Mm. I ju- I just think they ha- they have the ambition without having really. It's almost all the gear, no idea. Yeah. It's, that, yeah, it's that kind of lines, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I agree. They yeah. don't really know how to to make that step, and I think their approach has just been a point a winner, who's won a Premier League. in, 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 in so in, yeah. in Pellegrini, yeah,
1: yeah. and you know it didn't work yeah yeah it failed um, but yeah he's he's come in anyway and on paper at least it seems a solid start you know it's a strange sample of games but they faced Bournemouth at home who were in free fall uh, beat them 4-0 played Gillingham in the FA Cup uh, beat them 2-0 but you know FA Cup and they played Sheffield United um, and got beat 1-0 under controversial circumstances Um I noticed in that game there was three different formations uh, sorry, across that sequence three different formations used and it all just seemed like he as you'd expect because of the games he hasn't quite determined how what he's going to come in with the sides you know, compared to say Ferguson where Ferguson come in it was just a flat four four two back to basics and trying to get results it feels like he a- hasn't quite done that maybe it's because of the games but he doesn't know how he's going to basically we don't have no idea how they're going to stars on no. on the weekends. Um but I just want to touch on something I imagine you probably were gonna mention it as well. The narrative from Sheffield United was they performed fairly well and they were unlucky. I assume that's because they obviously got the goal disallowed later on via VIR. Did you manage to see the game at all? I watched the game live, yeah, all of it. What did you make of it? I think that narrative was nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. I'm glad you said that. Honestly nonsense. Ah yeah I thought they were really poor on the night. Struggles throughout the game, and um, I actually think it was a handball. I, I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw mean, it at the time. And I'm, I'm not entirely
0: in favour of the rule. I must be honest. No, but I'm not. I was happy it got disallowed because I felt like it was just as just as done because he didn't deserve anything from it from, from my perspective. Sheffield yeah. United were far the better team on a day, um, and I think that's the problem with the whole the whole tag of being of what lucky. Actually, is yeah. on the pitch because if if you ultimately deserve to win and you've been the better team, if you then later on benefit from a refereeing decision, that's not for me a lucky win. That's that's a deserved win. Yeah. A, a lucky win is if you've been a a lucky win. Sorry, a lucky result will have been if that goal stood yeah. for West Ham because they didn't be.
1: didn't deserve it from the game from my perspective. Well, just to reiterate that point, um, you know if we look at the. The XG of the game, it was two point three one. This is according to Whitescode. Two point three one versus point three one for West Ham. No, so that that's that, two nil win, really? Yeah, dominance. You could even argue two or three 0 couldn't you? It's it just, it is a a dominant win. It should be anyway. Dominant performance by Sheffield United. Um, so the, the you know, to me that says to, that the okay, they've gone to a really difficult place in the league, but it says to me that they maybe not enjoying a. A bounce, shall we say, or they might not. The, the The new manager' bounce may be wearing off very quickly.
0: Yeah, see, just looking at the uh, the shot map on the day there, and Sheffield United have at least four shots inside and around the penalty spot that are commonly scored. Mm. Um, they're all valued around maybe point four, which means that. You know, they scored every three shots, maybe you know, less than every three shots. Whereas on the opposite side, West Ham shot map, you know, two from outside the box, two from the corner of the penalty area.
1: You know, it's not a like, great like, you can't expect no. to get much of a result out of uh, if if that's what you're producing. You're you're relying on a fluke goal or an elite striker. aren't you? You're yeah, or a mistake a goal. or something like that. Yeah. Um but you know, although we we give them some credit saying on paper they have a good side they're currently 16th in the division, and I think that represents where they are. They've got, they rank 14th in terms of expected goals. They rank 16th in terms of expected goals against. You know, this season they've been outshot, outscored. They're not, you know, if you were just looking at that as a blank template, you'd say that's not a great side. No, they have had a terrible season. Yeah. And they, they, they have been, certainly, one of the worst
0: defensive sides in the league. Whether that will still be the case under Moyes, I, I would probably doubt. But they have had a bad season, considering yeah. what it could have been. Yeah. And considering the state of the likes of Arsenal and the Spurs, they had a chance this season, and they're just blowing it by the looks
1: of it. Well, like Everton, they probably could have tried to replicate a Leicester-type sc- scenario, but they're nowhere near it, miles away. Um. <laughs> I was going to do verdict, but I just thought it would be an interesting interesting point out the stat that we were told earlier. About Ancelotti versus Moyes. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, obviously uh, Ancelotti never beat Everton as manager, Chelsea. It's one, it was the only Premier League side he didn't beat. But he actually faced a David moyes Everton side six times and failed to win in every game. So, as it stands, Ancelotti has not beat a David Moyes team. That is quite mad. Yeah. But... Let's hope, it, uh, let's hope it ends this weekend um, Predictions, Josh? Um, with this one Being away from home And with this
0: one being You know, David Murray's new manager Focused on defensive uh, principles Certainly at the start of his tenure And up against his former side I do think this one will be quite tight Quite safe
1: So I'm going to go with 1-1 on this one mm, Yeah, I get that I think it'll be one of them that, we've talked about on other shows, decided by the moment. You know, if someone gets a, a chance, half a chance, yeah, whoever it, converts them will win the game.
0: Yeah, it may be a whole like a, a who blinks first kind yeah. of match where neither team wants to really take a risk.
1: I'm uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Everton, uh, just because Everton's record's been fairly good against West Ham over the years, and I'm kind of hoping... They got the life sucked out of them by not getting that late well, equaliser. Um That is true actually regarding Everton's form against West Ham. Yeah. I remember last season he went to the uh th-
0: th- th- that stadium and they, I think they dominated,
1: didn't he? Yeah, they would I think Fabianski within twenty minutes had made something like four or five so and uh, the still yeah, leading yeah. two nil. Yeah. It was a it was a really good performance. So maybe the same again no fabianski either, just really quickly he's a fantastic keeper if you look at any of the metrics he's uh, he's one of the best isn't he in the league yeah yeah top keeper yeah. um he, he's going to be out with injury so yeah we'll see but um thanks again josh yeah nobody's winning. Uh, thanks everyone for listening and again with the the messages and stuff really appreciate it um nice to see that most people are enjoying the show <laughs> um hopefully a win on the weekend and we'll we'll, we'll Catch up again next week. So thanks very much. Cheers. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.